Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And today, Lisa, I understand uh, we're going to do a, a run-through of some of the questions that we've received and give our, our gut responses. So I can't wait to hear what we have to answer. All right. So I get to throw them all out because I have the questions in front of me. So what are the greatest challenges to our field of special education at this time? <laughs> Thanks for starting with an easy one. I um, so it's interesting. I think about that all the time, and I, I think I've said podcasts. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think the biggest threats to education in general is not, is not adapting, um, you know, more quickly, and hopefully now as a result of, of this need to adapt quickly, we, we all have a sense of that. <clears throat> But in the case of kids with disabilities in particular, I think we all know there, there continue to be persons with disabilities. So I think personally, I think the greatest threat is if we, if we don't start deepening understanding of services for kids with specific needs. I, I, <laughs> this is just my personal opinion, but I know we have you know, we, we went through the legislation that called for us to all be highly qualified in content. And I'm worried that in so doing, we've lost some of our knowledge of specific disabilities. So that's not to say, I'm, you know, I'm the most inclusive person ever. So I don't think these services have to be provided outside of the, the, the classroom or, or in a self-contained setting. But I do think that the greatest threat for us right now is that we are not necessarily preparing, in my opinion, experts in specific disabilities. Well, and I'll go along that line, but a little bit different pathway. I think we haven't yet taken advantage of all the knowledge that neuroscience, learning sciences, the medical profession has given us. And I think we're still relying on paper, pencil, verbal responses from tests that were normed in the 1900s um, that we really need to be thinking about looking at some more solid measures that are more from the brain and from those sciences to help us. And then of course, shortages, um, you know, uh, it's not a profession people are going into. It's not a profession that's being paid well. Uh, I'm hoping um, if there is a positive outcome from this uh, world we've lived in is that people will feel the need to buy nicer holiday cards for teachers and, and to really respect that profession to a new level, um, that maybe it will make it more attractive. But right now, you and I both know the biggest crisis we have in this country is there's just not enough people standing in front of our kids, period, let alone highly qualified. I, I do think that as, as people are actually, they're cutting back on you know, hiring in a lot of places, I do think special ed probably has a stronger foothold than most because we, we are, we are specialists. And I think we need to embrace the idea of truly being specialists. So this was a really random question. It was like, what do you do when you have a bad day as a teacher or a parent? <laughs> it was like, wow. <laughs> Cry. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Got a better idea? <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, one of our shared doctoral students is doing a, a dissertation right now on um, on stress and teacher stress and um, emotions and kind of this interaction between all of those things and you know and the classroom and how it impacts the kids, et cetera. And 
one of the things that she's found um, so far that's been really interesting to me is this fact of when presented with really stressful behaviors in her study, at some point, the, most of the participants who are pre-service teachers, they just kind of break and start, they just start smiling. They, they just start smiling. And so she's measuring facial recognition. And so then you have this odd phenomenon of they visually appeared stressed all the way until they're just like smiling, like, okay, you know what? I guess, I guess, I guess I'm done. I, you know, I don't even know where to go from here. So I think if we can, and I, I know when I taught kids with severe emotional disturbance, in my mind, honestly, Lisa, I would have to remind myself, I would in there and I would, I would be watching kids doing the most egregiously just horrible behaviors. I've got one kid peeing in the corner and another one, you know, jumping on his desk. And I'm just standing there thinking this is chaos. And I'm going through all the things I know how to do. And at some point I remind myself, you know what? I'm the adult. Screaming's not going to help. It's going to be okay. I, you know, and I did so much self-talk and I, I, I managed to remind myself in verbal conflicts with kids. And I would sometimes even tell them, I'm a grown up. There's nothing you can say to me. There's nothing you can, you're, you're a child, I'm an adult. There's nothing you can say to me that's going, that I'm going to take personally. So I think that's a really long way of saying, I think we just have to remind ourselves constantly, um, don't take things personally. Every single thing that would get me down in our profession, and, and even still, Lisa, we have these discussions in higher ed. Yeah. I have to myself, don't take things personally save myself, save my sanity, because I'm only going to be the best teacher I can if I can hang on to my, my sanity. I, I don't let people um, steal my joy. And I think that's what we have to remind ourselves. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go along with that. And so I guess when you're stressed, just smile. That's a good starting point. <laughs> it may not be effective, but you can't feel any worse. Uh, and I'm really big on if you didn't have a bad day, you wouldn't know what a good one was. So I tend to be very glass, half full, maybe even three quarters full kind of person that says, all right, this really stinks right now, but it reminds me to be really thankful about when my son does dress himself and get out of bed and not yell at me. And, and so I think also as parents, we need to remind ourselves that especially as we get a little older, they have to dislike you or they're going to live with you forever. You do not want your children to live with you forever. Um, and so, <laughs> so they need that ability to test their boundaries and it's your job to help remind them that those boundaries of physically striking out yeah. at you or using profanity with you are not okay, but you're right. We have to stay calm. And I think we both believe the only behavior you can change is your own. So, you know, I'm like you, when somebody yells, I like to whisper. <laughs> it's really hard to keep yelling at somebody when someone is whispering, you know, but I want you to yell back. And so I do think that that's, that's a, that's kind of my basic there is that if you look at every day as having something good in it, I think it makes us makes a day go a long way. And as parents of kids with disabilities, it's hard because some days are just stinking hard. But remember, it's hard for the kid as well as for you. Um, and as you said, be the adult and take as much of the high road as you can and then eat some chocolate, go cry, yell outside. Um, those are all normal reactions to have as people too. Uh, the other one that's kind of fun is what are we reading and why? 
I'll start with that one. I, I decided to be a little bit of a nerdling and used, we had a little bit of professional development money left. So I, I bought some books, which I, you know, again, I don't really hold paper very often anymore, but I thought, you know what? I am a little bit technoed out, which is hard for me to say. So I have been reading a couple of books on time management. I know that shocks you. But one specifically I love on 15 Secrets Successful People Know About about Time Management, and it's really successful people. But two that I like is Successful People Say Yes, Very Successful People Say No. I was like, I am going to remember that. Mm -hmm. And then the second one I really like so far is Focus Your Time Only on Things That Utilize Your Strengths and Passion. The rest say no to. I was like, oh, I'm on to that one. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And I know during one of my sabbaticals, I spent as many, I checked off as many times as I could say no, because I'm not very good at that. Um, so again, I think that's another, that's something I'm reading, but I'm reading a book on learning science in the brain um, and how to think about the future in technology. So there's a lot out there, but those are things I'm kind of intrigued by right now. Well, it's really funny and I guess instructional to me to hear you say that you're reading about time management since you are the best time manager I know. So I don't know if that's a refresher course for you and maybe that's the key to being a better time management person because I have never and likely will never read. I'll let read you borrow it. I'll let you borrow it. On that topic. Now, it may not come as a surprise to you, Lisa, that um, in this time of quarantine, I actually... <laughs> I'm reading fiction because I'm just, I'm riding it out. I'm just calming it down, you guys. I'm just clearing my brain. Um, so reading, um, I actually just completed a book called Patsy, which um, just ran, I, I will read anything that I randomly come across. Um, and I also am doing a lot of high school level <laughs> reading from Edgar Allan Poe and others because my kids are in their online classes. And I happen to love reading um, classic fiction. So I've been rereading some of the classics and reading what my daughter's reading for her English class so that we can have some enriched conversations about it because I'm afraid that she's not gonna really understand the full power of literature if she doesn't have somebody to talk with about it. Well, I think our last little Q&A session here, we'll wrap it up with. Um, I think this is a question I'll start by answering because I don't have an answer and that'll give you a chance <laughs> to process it because it's a loading. What subject areas will kids be taking in the future? I was like, oh, great crystal ball. So I, I actually think in the future we will see more on emotional response courses, not only on how we respond, but helping to read others' responses. I think we'll see a step away from technology, believe it or not, as a techno lover, because I think people got a little bit of an overdose of that, just like when people first got cars and decided to go back to riding bikes. Um, I think we'll see a little bit of the future also being about how to not only keep ourselves safe health-wise, but also security-wise. I think those are going to be kind of courses of the future. And then the last one I think that will really be there in the future is this whole need to understand how to take information when there's so much and how to make sense of it. But those are some of my thoughts for the future. How about you to wrap us up, Becky? Well, I think that's true, and I think in terms of the technology piece, I 
I agree that it's not focus, but I think that's going to be because we will now have a clear understanding that technology is just the tool. It's not a subject to teach. It's just the tool. So I do hope there's a de-emphasis and I hope we get away from always talking about how everybody needs all this training and tech and all these things because it's increasingly just going to be the tool that gets us to that next step and that next level. And just like I said with my own daughter and her literature and other things, I do think that we will hopefully shift back to this interpersonal piece, the conversations, the productivity, the idea of, you know, creating and making and problem solving and some of these higher order thinking skills that I feel like we've gotten away from in degree with a lot of test taking and teaching to tests, et cetera. So I think that the subjects themselves won't change, but I think it's possible that the delivery and the focus might. Well, those are our best answers we had for the questions we were given. We hope you enjoyed this unique option uh, of practical access. Please send us a tweet at Access Practical with additional questions.